Thanks for checking out the V1 Church podcast. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Julie Signorelli on what it means to be a son or a daughter of God instead of a slave to religion. Make sure you listen all the way to the very end because there is so much gold packed into this message. We'll see you on the other side. All right, so who's been reading Galatians? Who's been diving deeper into that book? And it for you. All right. No, I'm just kidding. No, we've actually been having an awesome discussion online. And if you are new, I just want to give you the backstory. First of all, welcome today. I know we say welcome a thousand times, but we can't help it. We just love you. And we're glad that you're here. But we are doing a study, like a church-wide Bible study on the book of Galatians super fun. So we are in chapter four, we're in week four, and then we're moving on um, to a different book in just a few weeks. Um, And I'm so excited because we're going to end this series with communion and it's going to be powerful. So that's going to be in a couple weeks. Don't miss that. Um, But we've been digging into God's word and it's been awesome. Don't let anybody tell you the Bible's boring. They're liars. They've never read Ezekiel. Gets crazy in there. So But we've just been reading about God's word and we've been talking about statistics about people who read God's word. And so there's been a a book that I've been reading that's really been challenging me about the importance of God's word. And um, one of the things that this author was saying was that we can't read God's word with a pocket knife. We can't read his word and pick out the things that we don't like or, you know, would rather not think about. And, and I just want to tell you, just to keep it honest, can I keep it real, Church of the Real this morning? Is that okay? Um, I don't get everything in there either. Newsflash. You know, I struggle just like you with, with certain things. And, and I know it's hard. And especially when in the Old Testament, it gets crazy on there. Like there's all kinds of drama happening and I don't pretend to know it all. And so you have these things in the Old Testament. You got uh, Noah and you have, um, you know, Lot City uh, and the destruction that happened there. You got Moses with a brass serpent and his wife went a little crazy at one point. And you got manna in the desert. Like that's crazy, right? And then you have Elijah being fed by the widow, Jonah in the well. Like there's a lot. There's a lot that I don't understand, but here's what I want to tell you is Jesus Christ is perfect theology and everything you need to know about God can be found in Jesus. And here's what I didn't realize that Jesus actually mentions a lot of these crazy things that I may not be able to understand fully on this side of eternity. So I just want to go through a couple of those. So in Luke 17, Christ references Noah and uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Israel, the story of the brass serpent and manna in the desert. Jesus references it in John. Elijah fed by the widow is mentioned by Jesus in in, uh, Luke chapter 4. Jonah and the whale, Jesus references in Matthew. And here's the thing. All those things that we may not be understand or we can't quite contextualize or whatever. Jesus set his seal and his approval and his belief on those things. And so I just want to encourage you, even though I still can't explain everything in the Bible, I still can't understand, I'm not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Okay? And what I want to encourage you to do, it's just like if you eat, have you ever seen somebody get one of them big fishes with the face on it? My husband loves those things, by the way. I'm like, anytime I can see their face, I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) But they're eating the fish, and here's the thing. You don't throw out the meal because there's bones in it, right? 
You eat the meal, you enjoy that, and then you set the bones aside. And it's just like with God's word. You eat the meal and the stuff you don't understand. I'm just going to encourage you, just set it aside. Just set it aside for further exploration. Set it aside because here's the thing. Pascal said it like this. Human knowledge must be understood to be loved. But divine knowledge must be loved to be understood. I don't know about you. I don't want a God that I can explain everything to. Because when I get a miracle, I can explain it. When, When I get supernatural provision, I can explain that. But when you have God interceding and making it known, the mysteries of the gospel and and things that you don't understand and God's still doing a work, guess what? That's divine. That's supernatural. So I want to encourage you. um, I just want to encourage you, fall in love with the Bible. The stuff you know and the stuff you don't know. The stuff that gives you the warm fuzzies and the stuff that makes you a little uncomfortable. Fall in love with it. And just continue on that journey. And I promise you, God will help you to understand and he'll give you tools and resources to dive deeper into that journey. Amen? So at V1 Church, we love all of it. We may not understand it all, but we love it. So I know I know that I do not want to explain away my God. I know that there's going to be some, some things. And I've just committed to let that draw me in to the mystery of how awesome and how big and how vast he is. Amen. Okay, so that's a little challenge for you um, as you're going through this journey. But we are reading about Galatians. And so these are some letters that Paul has written to this region. So I invite you to catch up on the podcast if you haven't. And how many of you grew up with a sibling? Or maybe you were an only child, but you got kids. Or maybe you got a bunch of grandkids or whatever. Anybody? Oh, you all grew up in only child households? Okay. Did you ever hear the phrase, I'm not your slave? Oh, yeah. I know. I've totally said it. I've said it to my husband. I've said it to my kids. I've said it to all the things. Probably said it to some of you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we've all said it, right? We've all felt taken advantage of at some points, right? Or or, uh, for those wives in here, we might say, I'm not your maid. That one sounds a little sweeter, right? But here's the thing. Slavery, obviously, in our childhood, we learned, is not doing dishes. Okay, guys, make your bed. It's not working a job that doesn't let you watch YouTube all day, like the V1 sermons, shameless plug. (laughs) Slavery is the state of being under the control of someone where a person is forced to work for another. And here's the thing. If you didn't know, you know, slavery is still alive today. It's still happening in parts of the world, and it's still happening right under our noses. And, and I, and, and so the, but today, for the purpose of this sermon, we're talking about it from um, like an emotional standpoint, right? Like how you get enslaved to mindset. And so when Paul is using that um, imagery, he's trying to get them to understand there's a religious mindset that they're feeling enslaved to that he's trying to break. Does that make sense? Okay, I just wanted to give you some context for today. So, uh, so a slave is a person who is owned by someone else. And here's the thing. Do you know that you can actually be owned by circumstance? Do you know that you can be a slave to unforgiveness? Do you know that you can be a slave to, uh, to addiction? Do you know that you can be a slave to bitterness 
or to a poverty mindset. Like you can actually, it will end up ruling you if you allow it. So I want to talk about a couple of things um, because when you are in unforgiveness, the other person is actually the person who has the control over you. When you are bitter, the other person is actually the one that has the control over you, right? Have you ever heard that statement? It's like uh, drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. You've given over your control to that situation. And let me tell you, just side note, this one's free. They're not even thinking about you, I'm sure. So just deal with that. And we're going to go on that journey this morning. But Slavery is a state of being under the control of someone where a person is forced to work for another. So what is unforgiveness forcing you to do? What is a religious spirit forcing you to do? What is it in your life that you feel enslaved to that's, that you feel like you're being forced and you feel subject to that circumstance? So here's the thing. When you are a slave, you don't receive any pay or reward for the work that you do. Being a slave in that situation only costs you. Only costs you. Unforgiveness costs you. Addiction costs you. People pleasing, hello, costs you. Some of y'all got free right there. I felt it. (laughs) Religion costs you. Religion costs you. Religion is about being in right standing with God costs you. But the gospel of Jesus is what it cost him. And so we get so caught up in a works-based religion that we forget that we can be a slave to that thing in the effort of trying to do the right thing. Say that three times fast. (laughs) Write this down. What are you a slave to? That's just a question that I want you to just write down and think about this week. And when a a circumstance comes that you feel like you don't have control over, ask yourself, do I feel enslaved to that circumstance, that person, that relationship, that fear? Okay, so here's another thing. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. A son who doesn't know what they have access to is the same as a slave. A son who doesn't know what they have access to is the same as a slave. I'm going to read this scripture to you. We're going to get started in Galatians 4, uh, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, and then we're going to kind of skip around, but I want you to read through that this week. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, I am a son or a daughter. Sorry, ladies. Don't send me hate mail either. I don't want it. (laughs) Son or daughter, it just is a little bit longer, sorry. (laughs) All right, so there's three things that we see from this intro to chapter four. So if you're taking notes, you can write these three 
three things down, is number one, when the fullness of time had come, in other words, if you're not dead, you're not done. That's a really nice way of saying a really long time. The fullness of time. How long are you going to be, honey? The fullness of time. We are a very impatient generation. And I'd say that for all three of the generations right now. We're impatient. But if you have a pulse, God has a plan. And so I want to encourage you if you're like, well, I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's because you've been enslaved to circumstances your whole life. If you never embrace the destiny and care and love that God has for you to fulfill his destiny for your life. I'm just going to challenge you this morning. So the fullness of time. Number two. God had sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba. In other words, some of your most authentic prayers will be the Holy Spirit crying out inside of you. It didn't say crying out, Lord, thou goodest thou, I've been a good boy or girl for you and I've done all the religious things thou knowest. Sometimes the most authentic you can pray, prayer you can pray is, help me. Y'all ever been there? So what is, what is the authentic prayer that the Holy Spirit is crying out inside of you? For some of you, it's, I was wrong. For some of you, it's, forgive me. For some of you, it's, yes, Lord. What's an authentic prayer? Number three, you are no longer a slave, but a son. In other words, in Galatia, they needed a reminder. And guess what? V1 Church, we need a reminder. We are sons and daughters. We are not slaves to a circumstance, slaves to a generational cycle, slave to our circumstance, whether that be emotional or financial. Like we are sons and daughters entitled to the heir of what God has for us. Remember who you are. Let me keep reading. Formally, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. In other words, birds of a feather. (laughs) But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back again? to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. In other words, once you've known the freedom, how could you possibly go back to religion? Once you've known relationship, how could you possibly go back to a religious checklist? It is possible to hear the truth and yet turn back to lies. Let me tell you, I was telling first service, lies are comfortable. Lies are comfortable. Isn't it so much easier to depend on a checklist than it it is to pray the prayer of, Lord, search my heart and show me, know me? Isn't it so much easier to think we can work our way out of repentance than it is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Man, I know what I did was wrong, but Father God, wash me. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go to that person and I'm going to apologize. I mean, right? To be honest, lies can be super comfortable. Addiction can be comfortable. And if you've been an addict, you understand. 
being in a, in a toxic relationship. Sometimes people will stay in one, they'll embrace the lie, they'll be enslaved to the lie out of fear of what might, the thing that they don't know what's on the other side. So it's possible to hear the truth and yet turn back to the lies. And I would add out of comfort sometimes. Let me keep reading. You observe days and months and seasons and years. I am afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am, for I have also become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel and through, and though my condition was a trial, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of your blessedness? So here's the thing. Paul had a condition. He had an illness. Some scholars believed it was something with his eyes, and he might have been, like, harsh to look at. So what Paul's saying is, hey, thanks for not, not turning from me. I know I was in a, a really, you know, vulnerable state. And instead of using it as an excuse, Paul used it as a reason to preach Jesus to those who didn't know him. And so there's a couple things that you can just extract from that, from Paul's character. We did that last week, remember? There's three things that you can extract from his character is that one, even apostles or leaders or preachers or uh, bosses or moms or dads, any leader gets sick. They get sick emotionally, they get sick physically, and you find yourself kind of up against a resistance. And sometimes we will bias towards that comfort instead of watching, you know, trying to minister to other people through our ailment. Does that make sense? Okay. So number two, mature believers will play, play injured. Mature believers will minister injured. Mature leaders will will lead injured. And it's not saying that you don't have those seasons when you have to know when to say when. That's why accountability is so vital and important in your life. But I will say you can't stop every time something gets hard. The Bible says that there may be peace. It doesn't say there will be peace, which means you might feel okay while you're doing it, but there will definitely be seasons of suffering. But let me tell you, God is still stable. He is still faithful. He is still available. And he is still a solid foundation. Sometimes we have to play injured. Number three, what would happen if you didn't stop at overwhelming? You stopped at overcoming. What happens if every time we got overwhelmed, we didn't shut down? How many, uh, you know, there's fight or flight, right? How many fighters we got? Hey, don't mess with you guys. All right. Everybody give them their sunglasses first. How many flighters do we have? Am I the only one? No, you, so many of you didn't even raise hands. It's fine. We'll deal with it later. But there's two things that happen when you get overwhelmed. You fight, you strive, you get even. Or when you get overwhelmed, you might be like me and you're like, bye, see ya, shut down, hibernate. Don't text me, don't call me, right? Hey, I'm just keeping it real. Church of the real, right? We all have our things and generally you're in one of those two categories. But what if we didn't stop every time we're overwhelmed and every time we were overwhelmed, instead we said, I am a son, not a slave. I am a daughter, not a slave. And I have the full 
peace, the full mercy, the full grace, and the full grace to go through this season. I don't have to stop overwhelmed. I can be overcomer. What if? And so these are just the things I see in Paul that really ministered to me. So I'm going to keep reading. For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes. Paul is keeping it real, too real. Um, Gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? The truth does hurt sometimes. Even now, maybe there might be some things you're saying where you're like, ouchie. I don't know. What do we call it? Two slaps and a hug? I don't know. I'm more of a hugger, not a hitter. It's fine. (laughs) But I love what A.W. Towser says. He says, to be right with God has often meant to be in trouble with men. So what Paul's saying is, hey, didn't I tell you guys the truth? You will offend more people trying to do the right thing than you will trying to do the wrong thing. For example, it's fun to be in a room with your friends and gossip about somebody. Everybody will go with you. They'll all even participate even if they're not that type. But let me tell you, when somebody goes to bring something up and you said, you know what, I don't feel comfortable talking about this son or daughter of God. Let's instead pray for them right now. Watch how many supporters you get. Watch how much support you get by doing what feels good and see what happens to your support when you start doing what is good. That one's free, by the way. And what Paul is saying is, listen, the truth hurts sometimes. The truth hurts sometimes, and I'm here to tell you the truth. You are a son and a daughter, not a slave. Stop living your religious checklist like that. All right, let's keep reading. Tell me who you desire to be under the law. Do you not listen to the law? For it is written, this is important. I want you to highlight this scripture. It says, for it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through the promise. Whatever you give birth to, you have to provide for. But whatever God gives birth to, he provides for. That's why in my family, we give our first fruits first because we're like, it's not mine, it's God's. And what I have to do out of my own striving, out of my own budget, out of my own thing, that I, I have to provide for that. But when I honor God with what God's, he has to provide. When you have a dream and a vision for your life and you go after striving and striving and knocking on every door and trying to push through, you gotta provide for that. But if you say, God, I'm going to honor you with the responsibilities that are right in front of me, guess what? Now God has to provide for it. So I want to encourage you so many things we birth out of fear. Hagar wasn't bad. It just was a plan out of fear. We've all done it. How many have tried to to birth something out of fear? Don't say your kids. That's not what we're talking about. Don't go there. 
but we've birthed things out of fear. Maybe it's been businesses or relationships. Hello. We've birthed things out of fear and then we're just scrambling at trying to provide for it. And so here's the thing. We start something out of fear like a ministry and now we're operating it out of woundedness and fear and, and offense. And we have this mess and we're like, God, and God's saying it wasn't favor, it was an opportunity. And I want to encourage you, you have to know the difference between opportunity and favor. So many times we'll accept an opportunity like a toxic relationship out of fear that now we have to strive for. Instead of saying, God, show me your favor. I'll be patient. I'll be wait. I'll wait. I'll do what you've asked me to do. I'll honor you in the waiting. And now God has to provide for it. We do that in our businesses. We do that in our ministries. We do it in our family. Man, we do it in every single area. Am I right? And so you have these opportunities that are dying of natural consequences instead of these visions that God has for you, not as a slave, but as a son that have supernatural provision and destiny. See, here's the thing. Hagar came out of their own effort. So when that baby was born, God didn't get the glory. But instead, when they waited and they waited on God and they waited on his time and they trust his vision and they operated like a son and a daughter instead of a slave to religion, a slave to obligation, a slave to opportunity. Now they have the promise. Will you stand with me this morning? We read this story as we were preparing for this message and uh, this guy, he was, you know, just a guy from America. He got really interested in Ancestry.com. This is not an ad, by the way. <laughs> not an ad. Ancestry.com, who's done it? Or who's been curious about it? Or who's stayed up all night looking at the research? All right. So anyways, he's like ta telling his wife all about this. He's like, what if I'm royalty? I've too thought this. I hate me, maybe. I can be high maintenance sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. He said, what if I'm royalty? And she would like laugh and basically was like borderline annoyed. You know how, you know wives, how we get. We're like, <laughs> okay. Go eat an Oreo and leave me alone. <laughs> So he's like thinking like, man, what if I'm royalty? What if what? You know, you never know. So anyways, he does this profile and guess what? He was royalty. The ninth king, I hope I'm saying this right, of Adala. And here's the thing. So he connects with them. He gets connected to them on the phone. And this is what they say to him. They say, dear prince, we've invited you to come. It's time to come home and we're gonna have a big party for you. Come on! Some of us are sitting in this room and you don't know the DNA that is running through your veins. I'm not talking about some test. I'm not talking about real DNA. I'm talking about your spiritual DNA that you are adopted sons and daughters and you are not slaves to fear, circumstance, cycles, obligations. You're free today.
He woke his wife up and he said, sweetie, I'm royalty. And he said, guess what? I'm sure that was his nice way of saying I told you so, right? A little bit, a little bit. But here's what I love. He said, if I'm a prince, that makes you a princess. And so some of you in this room, because you confess your new spiritual DNA as a son and daughter, it affects everybody around you because now they're sons and daughters and their DNA and changed. And now the cycles that are in your family, you're breaking them and you're saying, you are not a slave. You are a son and a daughter with spiritual DNA, with blessings, with favor. You don't have to go from opportunity to opportunity, from a broken relationship to broken relationship. You're free today to embrace what God has for you this morning. If you needed to be reminded that you are a son and a daughter, let me tell you this morning, you are. And because he is royalty, you are royalty. Just like that husband said, sweetie, guess what? It makes you royalty too. I'm telling you, hey, sweetie, guess what? You're royalty too this morning. You're royalty too this morning. Michael, you're royalty. Cindy, you're royalty. You're royalty. You're royalty up there. God has a plan. You're not dead. You're not done this morning. Can you do this? Will you lift your hands with me? We're just going to worship God for making a new DNA this morning. Come on. Thanks again for listening. No matter where you're tuning in from, we consider you family. So make sure you leave a review and let us know how this message impacted you. And we'll see you next time.